What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Scott. And I am Ben. And we're back today with the second part of uh, what was intended to be a a one-part episode that would cover um, not only the Honda Civic Type R and SI cars, Mm -hmm. uh, but... Um, did I kind of mess that up? Then I guess I guess maybe the title should have been backwards, right? Because uh, right. we uh, we we actually covered the SI cars first, uh, yeah, and yeah. now we're going to catch up with uh, some uh, Type R news and information mm-hmm. because uh, our North American audience doesn't know a whole lot about the Type R unless they're you know happen to be fans of of that type of car, right? Um, because we just simply don't get the Type R cars here in the United States. No. We, All of we North just, America, really. Yeah, yeah. So can, Canadians also understand the pain here. Uh, but, you know, Scott, I think it was a smart move for us to do this episode as a two-parter because we were able to uh, look at the SI in a little bit more depth than we would have ordinarily. Sure. And that's that's an important thing to do. That's actually what we were asked to do by our listener request. Yeah, that was uh, Tim K who asked for the uh, the SI vehicles. And, uh, man, it just, it just kind of got out of hand for me there. Uh, you know, we, we started going through the SI stuff and there was a lot of inter- interesting material. At least I thought it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, man, we can, we can jump right into type R if you like. We can, we can do that. Um, sure. there's a lot of, um, stuff that we have to hit in today's episode. Mm-hmm. So let's think about this as we go along here. We should, first should probably describe type R cars. In general. In general, I guess. Cause there's been, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, uh, versions of Type R cars that we have not been privy to here in, right, in North yeah. America, but uh, the European market and the Japanese markets have been. For sure. Um, so elsewhere in the world. Yeah. Uh, there's also the reasons why um, it hasn't come to America up to this point. Mm-hmm. Will it come to America? Will it come to North America? Um, latest reviews of the car. Right. Um, kind of the specs and figures of the thing and uh, what makes it unique, what makes it different from the SI line. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's just a lot. People are now driving this car, so... Uh, you know, people have gone over to Europe or Asia and have sure. have um, made test drives of this vehicle and been able to review it 
and pass that along to us. And, of course, we give access to that here in, in North America, of course. We do still have access to Google, unless there's a Google Type R that we don't know about. Yeah, which, <laughs> which, in a way, is, uh, is a little frustrating because then we get to hear all the great stuff that we're, uh, we're not able to get yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, man. Well, let's start, let's start here with Type R. So, uh, Type R is a designation, right? It's not a specific vehicle. As you said, uh, Honda Type R models when they first came out, the design was focused on racing. So the, the same stuff like maximizing power to weight ratio, uh, race tuning and better suspension. And Honda was, uh, Honda was initially just thinking these things would be on racetracks, but given the success of VTEC, which we mentioned in our previous part of this series, uh, these type R vehicles, the audience eventually widened to uh, become race cars for the road, right? Yeah. Uh, those four types that we talked about, none of which are available in the U.S. right now, are the NSX, Integra, Accord, and Civic, all type R. Oh, and uh, Accord has a Euro R as well. A Euro R? Yeah, yeah, a Euro R. Oh, you know what? I did read about that one. Hang on just one second. I'll find my notes here. But the Euro R is uh, oh, it's from 2002 to 2008. And it was built strictly for the Japanese domestic market. That's uh, JDM. If you if you look it up, you can search uh, you can search JDM market or JDM rather. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's one of those redundant things that I'm going to do often. Uh, <laughs> if I say JDM market, uh, right. it's, it's like saying VIN number or ATM machine. Yeah, exactly. Right. So uh, so there's a there's a few places where I'm sure that I'll I'll run across that. Sorry about that, but um, it happens. So um, what 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 in general would you say is one of the is like one of the defining features of a Type R version of any of these four versus the regular version. High horsepower and torque versus the the other versions. Now, the other versions we're talking about, even in uh, comparison to the SI cars mm-hmm. that they come out with. So if there's a Civic um, SI model that, that comes out, you know, whether it's a, a hatchback or, you know, sedan or coupe or whatever, uh, the mm-hmm. Type R is going to take it to the next level with maybe instead of just, you know, those little tiny little increases that we talked about. Mm-hmm. In those the, incremental horsepower increases. Yeah, for the SI model yeah. over the, the previous models. Uh, this one jumps up like 100 horsepower. Right. I mean, it goes way up and above that. So, um, I don't know. It's, it, to me, it's, it's always the high horsepower, high torque that, that stands out. And of course, they have, um, you know, different interior treatments. They have different exterior treat- right. treatments with a lot of aero kit type stuff that's functional. And that's important is that it's, it's all functional. It's not and, ornamental. It's like a spoiler and a hood vent for a reason. I'm talking about the NSXR specifically here and, you know, like hood vent, roof scoop, uh, Different weight, uh, less or like weight losing moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they do whatever they can to lessen the weight. Now, whether that includes not carrying a spare tire, uh, you know, <laughs> right. and, and the jack and all that stuff that goes along with it, and that's the kind of thing that you can get away with if you only expect this thing to be run on tracks or you know at uh, like an autocross event or something similar. Right. You yeah. Know, um, it, everyday use, it's a little bit impractical, but uh, mm. you can still probably get away with it. I mean, I know that a lot of people do drive Type R cars on, uh, I guess you call it normal roads. Sure. In Europe and in Asia. It's yeah. Just, it happens. And it would happen here if we were to get the, the, the type R cars here. Ah, yes. Which is going to be the question that we answer toward, uh, toward the end of this, uh, episode today, right? Yes. Uh, and it's something that a lot of people are probably wondering. Or who knows? Some of you may be smacking your dashboard in frustration saying, I know why. Get to it. Mm-hmm. Because the answer, once you hear it is, 
I mean, it's a it's a downer, but it's understandable. And it's an on again, off again thing, as we yeah, mentioned in the previous true, episodes. That's true. That, and I think even in other episodes, we've talked about this. Yeah. That, uh, that it's promised, then they say no, maybe not, and then it's promised again, and then maybe All not. Right. So it's back and forth. Oh, uh, one one thing we could do to give a concrete example of some of the weight reduction we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So the normal NSX weighs, uh, let's put it in, in metric for everybody, the normal NSX weighs 1350 kilograms, right? Mm-hmm. The NSXR, uh, drops a hundred, uh, more than a hundred kilograms. It weighs 1230 kilograms, but along with that, it has some stuff, like as you mentioned, Scott, that might be better on a racetrack than it is on a street. And one of those big ones is soundproofing. Ah. Because uh, an NSXR is going to be kind of a noisy car. It's not going to have all the sound deadening. Yeah, and which would be, by the way, fantastic to drive. I think that would be a blast. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I guess if that, you know, you're not really uh, so concerned about creature comforts at that point. Right. Uh, when you buy a Type R versus when you buy a, uh, you know what, that's that's a bad example because an NSX is uh that's something you want to hear anyways. Right. Yeah, yeah something think- you want to hear and feel. It's a mid-engine uh, sports car. Uh, fantastic to drive. We've, I think we've talked about that in, over the, the years. For um, sure. Of, of course. Yeah. It's one of our favorites. And yeah. I, I occasionally, very occasionally will still see one on the road. And every single time I, I crane my neck to see it as long as I possibly can, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, going the opposite direction or if it's in traffic where I am, um, it still just holds some kind of fascination with me. There's just such a zip to those cars. Yeah, man. it They're is. Good I cars. Mean, love to get one as a used vehicle, but even the, the early, early models, you know, the, the very first ones, Mm-hmm. Are still in the ballpark of like thirty to thirty-five thousand yeah. uh, dollars with high miles, and you know it still would be so much fun to get one. But man, that's impractical. Ah, uh, well, one day maybe, maybe, maybe one day, maybe. I mean, I think it's still not as impractical as buying a houseboat. No, is... no, no. <laughs> but you know what? The newest one, the uh, the Civic Type R that yes. we're talking about, the twenty fifteen. It was. Uh, let's see. Let's just kind of back this up just a bit here, and I'll give you the, the vital stats. But sure. it wasn't. It was announced or it was debuted. Um, in March of 2015 at the Geneva Motor Show, and uh, Honda at that time was saying that it would remain exclusive to European buyers. Now, mm-hmm. that's strange because during the 2015 New York Auto Show, which was happening in late March, we're talking just the end of the month, right uh, Right after it was um, debuted, when it was debuted, I guess, here in, uh, or was mentioned, I guess, here in the United States, because I think they brought out the new Civic here in the States, mm-hmm. and not the Type R, but just the Civic. And Honda confirmed at that time that they would eventually bring the Civic Type R to North America, uh, but no date was provided at that time. They didn't say, you know, it'll be coming in 2016, 2017, when it would happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there has been a lot of speculation about when that will happen and, and why maybe it wouldn't happen. And uh, Do you want to get into that now or you want to go on to the vital stats? Let's do some stats yeah. first and, and build up and save that one. So <clears throat> we know... Uh, we know some stuff about the, the, the vehicle. It's the first Type R to ever have a turbocharger. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is powered by a 2.0 liter, uh, turbo VTEC four cylinder. And that gives about, what'd you get, Scott? 306? 306, 306 uh, horsepower, which is a full 100 horsepower more mm-hmm. than the, I guess you call it the standard, uh, Civic. So the, um, or maybe that's a Civic SI that I'm thinking of. Uh, it gets 205. I don't remember. Yeah, SI. Uh, SI. Okay, so SI gets uh, like 205. This gets 306. That's an mm-hmm. enormous jump in horsepower. And this is a big number, too. 295 pound-feet of torque. And this is a small vehicle. This is a relatively small vehicle. Um, I know that the weight sounds sounds high, but think about this. It's a big, 
hatchback with everything that goes along with it, all the airbags, mm-hmm. all the safety, you know, the bars and the doors and everything. Um, 3,047 pounds is what this thing weighs. And wow. Now, I know that does sound like a lot, but it's really not. When you look at the, the, mm-hmm. the weights of modern cars, that's pretty much in line with one of the lighter versions. Sure, yeah. Um, not not a super light vehicle or anything like that, but um, it's definitely a driver's car. The transmission is a six-speed manual only. You can't get an automatic transmission. Uh-huh. Um, zero to 60 time, 5.7 seconds. I have seen somewhere... 5.1 seconds. Now, I don't know if that was a, a misprint or something, but um, that's a pretty big difference. It's that's all, this, huge. This is almost six seconds. The other one is almost, almost five. five, you know, close to five. Um, so let's go with 5.7 because I think that's what Honda's that's saying now. That's the one that I've seen in the official literature. Mm-hmm. And I think I know the review you're talking about where it says 5.1 seconds, mm-hmm. uh, but hope springs eternal, right? That's true. And I'm sure somebody can find a way to mod it to that. Well, either way, the top speed is up there, too. Yeah. Like, really yeah. high. 168 miles per hour. Yeah, I got 167. You got 167? Yeah, yeah from everywhere, 167. Now, that's, uh, you know, that's, what do they say about pepper and flies? I mean, really, it's it's true. <laughs> Uh, there's a there's an old saying. You you can look it up and figure out what that Ever is. Ever uh, Yeah, just, I've never heard it. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> we better not say it on our show. Okay. All right. So, um, <laughs> all right. It's a it's also a front wheel drive. Now that yeah. is uh, something that a lot of people will uh, scratch their head and wonder why they went uh, front wheel drive with it instead of all wheel drive with right. it. Right. And uh, th- as we go through a review of this car later on, I'll tell you why front wheel drive maybe isn't so bad in this car. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
I'll see what else can we say here. Uh, two plus three seating. Uh, supposedly you're able to get three people in the back end of that thing, but uh, let's just say two plus two. Yeah, let's let's be kind and say two plus two because yeah. it's still it's not um it's not a large backseat by any means. <laughs> uh, it does have uh it does have some pretty cool uh adjustable dampers, the four mode stuff, mm-hmm. you know, like uh the the plus R button on the left side of the instrument, so it puts you can put dampers on their firmest setting, tighten steering, sharpen throttle response. You can you can customize the drive while you're driving. All right, and that's part of what I was going to get to in this, uh, this review because CarScoop, uh, CarScoop.com has already done a drive of this, and uh, they've done a video online of, of you know the, yeah. their person driving it, putting it through its paces. And um, I guess I can just skip right to this part of the of the notes of that, anyways. And he says that high speed cornering is possible in this front wheel drive car, and here's here's how it works. Is as you mentioned, uh, you know, it's all tunable, so you can you can adjust the dampers how you want them. Yeah. Uh, but that's also uh, thanks in part to a limited slip differential in the front axle that lo- kind of locks the two front wheels together uh, for you know what well, provides power to both of the wheels instead of just having one primary drive wheel, the other one kind of following along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that definitely helps out. Um, it's also you know, it's also something that we need to mention here that high powered front wheel drive cars typically have trouble on the corners by putting the power down. And that's part of the reason, but you know, the front suspension is tuned uh, to reduce torque steer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you, you do accelerate that hard, um, I think I mentioned a long time ago that I drove an SRT four. That was the caliber version. Yes. You did. And uh, there was a ton of torque steer in that thing. So much so that uh, when you're driving it, it felt a bit dangerous to accelerate really hard. Even in a straight line, it would, it would throw you into the next lane. It was that bad. So wow. this one, uh, this one apparently uh, has the dampers adjusted uh, from the factory right you know right away that that reduces that and then you can further tune that as you want as you mentioned ben. Mm-hmm. um so again that's it's highly effective at uh, at keeping the torque steer out of the whole thing so um the overall feel is that you know it's 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 really accurate through the corners because it has and a lot of people will groan when they hear this but it does have elect- electric power steering again or electronic power steering right. again but it's a new version of it because i had i had that same power steering system in my car and what it did was it effectively deadened the feeling of the steering wheel. It was uh, it was not great. Mm-hmm. And my wife's Honda Element had the similar version. I think you know they're they're slightly you know different versions, tweaks made to the system sure. throughout the years. But this is a a, a, a redo of the whole thing. Um, and I wish I had the uh, the name of it in front of me right now. It's somewhere in this pile of notes in front of me. But mm-hmm. um, it is a reworked version of that, and apparently it gives you a lot more feel than the previous electric power steering did. Uh, but whatever you know, whatever version they've got in there now, they do say that it's um, oh, it's a dual pinion, right? Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, it's probably a dual pinion system. But there's a name for it that Honda has, and I don't know exactly what that is right now. Okay. But they, he did say that it was accurate and sharp and very quick. Um, not exactly as much feedback as I'd like to get, but uh, but better than the previous version. Yeah, yeah. They also uh, they also are issuing this with the option for a GT pack. If you are again. Not in North America, uh, the, uh, which will be the last time I mention that until we get to the answer. But uh, so there, this just includes the extra bells and whistles, right? Front rear parking sensors, automatic headlamps, range sensing automatic wipers, which is not my favorite thing. Uh, folding door mirrors, satellite navigation. You know what's funny? I, when I think of a GT model, I think of kind of like the the sportier version, right? Because yeah. most most automakers, that's their sportier version, mm-hmm. not necessarily. And I know they have a lot of you know features in them too, but 
those almost sound like comfort features. They really do, Scott. They really do. So it seems like if you were to get a Type R GT, that would be like the top end. It's, it just the way it sounds, it feels like that would be like the track car. Right. Like that would have some more horsepower, uh, some more, probably some premium factory add-ons in terms of tires, braking, steering system. Yeah, you know, it might sit a little lower. It might yeah, have wider, profile. wider, taller tires. Sure. It might have, you know, something different. But, uh, to me, the, the Type R GT sounds like it's, uh, I don't know, it's a little cushier. Yeah. Um, so, so if you're yeah. gonna go, uh, if you want to just get the kind of like the raw power, the base power, I guess you would just go with the Type R. Oh, and there's one other thing we should also talk about, which is the Type R's performance at a certain, perhaps obscure racetrack. Obscure. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> everybody but, knows about this one, right? Oh well, everybody should because yeah. we did an episode on it. And uh, first, it's time for a word from our sponsor. Sounds good. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune into what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. All right, Ben, we're talking about the Nürburgring, the uh, the green hell. Yes, which we did an episode on earlier for anybody who hasn't heard it. Heard it. What a story, man. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this has been, yes, and it seems like every manufacturer recently has taken their sportiest model, you know, whatever it is in the line, yeah. or maybe even several of them, 
out to the Nurburgring and run a lap and, and of course, record at the time for that lap. And then they can, you know, loudly boast to the rest of the world uh, what their cars can do in comparison to other cars in that division or in that segment. So, uh, you know, this has come right down to, uh, you know, front-wheel drive cars, um, mm-hmm. of course, all-wheel drive cars. There's sure. so many. I mean, of course, rear-wheel drive sports cars. Production. Um, pony cars. Else. You know, yeah. it just goes right all the way up to the uh, the ultra-exotic cars. Right. Um, so it's it's every level of vehicle. And, of course, they took the, uh, the Civic Type R, the 2015. I think they took a prototype to the track. Yeah, it was in development still. However, that is going to be the one that they're going to release as a Euro-spec vehicle. So... Uh, this is, this is truly the time that the, that the Civic Type R prototype, or rather the Civic Type R production vehicle would get in, uh, on this track, I guess. Well, that's, okay. a, that's a long way to say it, Ben. Well, but, no, uh, no, you got it. Because, it's the real vehicle there. Yeah, you nailed it. So we've got, uh, just before we get to the time of this, which is exciting, the record setter for the previous year was the Renault Megane RS275 Trophy R. And that, that, when I say record, I'm talking about current production front drive record. Okay. Because everything comes with, it's an urban green. Everything comes with its own kind of category, right? Sure, yeah. Uh, you have to qualify everything. That's absolutely true, and that's the only way to be fair. Anyway, this Renault knocked it out in 7 minutes and 54 seconds. Not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. So what's the uh, what's the current record then if if Honda has indeed shattered the record as they say? If if Honda has indeed shattered the record, and I love that phrase, then their in-development uh Type R did the same lap in 7 minutes and 50.63 seconds. Now, that might sound like just a little bit of a shave of time, but that's quite significant in this kind of race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That's three and a half seconds off of uh, off of a single lap of the track. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big deal, really. Yeah. I mean, it shows us the performer. Um, I would love to see video of that entire lap. I, I like watching the, uh, the Nürburgring laps, you know, from uh, many perspectives. You know, they usually show you the, the track map in the corner uh-huh. you know, where they are on the track. It's yeah. a huge track. Uh, then they show the, uh, the driver's perspective, I guess, kind of over the shoulder. And then they typically will have one mounted, um, at the back end, one at the front end, really low. Right, right. Love those front end low shots. Also the, the well, you know what? Even the back end low shots are, are really cool. I like watching, for some reason, I love watching that, that rear view as the, uh, as the track passes you. Cause, you know, the car's going yeah. one way, you're looking the other way. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it reminds me of like as a kid sitting in the back of that and station, looking wagon. out the the rear view. Yeah, you know, that's in my head. That's what I was seeing. You know, like yeah. I, I was seeing like a racetrack. You know, like it was so so cool. But it was just you know the family station wagon. They did do one significant change to this in development type R, which is that they got rid of the AC and they added a roll cage. No, I don't know. I mean, the roll cage seems like a, a necessary thing to do. Sure, but. uh but I don't know how that may have affected the weight, if at all. Well, know? they dumped the AC. They put in the so it's an extra um, accessory that the the belts didn't have to drive. Right. Um, I would I would assume it's continuously driving that, even though it's not operating. Sure. Um, also, you know, I'm just I'm just guessing here. I'm winging this here, but yeah. they take a little bit of weight out there. They add quite a bit of weight to add the roll bar, yeah. or the roll cage rather. Sure. So uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would all stack up, but apparently it's a it's a fair and legit thing that they did. So. They're being a little bit vague about the tires. Yeah, that's Did you right. Read that too? Yeah, and I don't know why. I mean, why even cast a shadow of doubt on this thing? Why? Why would you do that? You know, you why don't? Get, yeah, be open. Be just, well, just run them on the uh, on the standard stock tires as you should. I guess. Unless that's uh, kind of a known thing that that manufacturers do. Uh, yeah. You know, they can maybe put on a set of track tires instead of their standard street tires. But right. I don't know if the uh, the difference would be 
immense or if it would just be minuscule. I'm just picturing the press the press conference, if there were a press conference, being so shady with someone saying, uh, you know, like, uh, Mr. Spokesman, Mr. Spokesman, where did you get the tires? And they're like, the tires came from a major European tire manufacturer. We don't have time for any more questions. And that's exactly what, <laughs> and that's exactly what they said. I know you're making fun of it, but they said a major European manufacturer. And that's yeah. all they'll say. Right. And I know that, you know, I, what I said before, you know, where it, it probably doesn't make much difference. It can make a huge difference if you have, if you go dramatically different, but I'm guessing that this is within the same family of tires or something like that. And also, you know, we don't know what sort of behind the scenes wheeling and dealing they might be doing because this this record and if this car it becomes as popular as it may well become already the hype is the hype train has left the station mm-hmm. you know what i mean if that happens then it's a huge boon to whomever that manufacturer might be true and there's one more possibility that we should talk about just before we go move yeah, on yeah. past the yeah, tires yeah. thing is that uh, there's a chance you know if this is a prototype vehicle that they brought there there's a chance they don't really know what street tires they're going to use on this thing yet. And maybe, oh, they're, yes. maybe they're, they could be trying out three or four different types of tires, and uh, they just went with one of them and, like, well, we don't know if that's going to be the one, but here's what we used on the on the Nürburgring. Uh, so yeah. that's that's a possibility as well. I don't know. Maybe we're uh, reading too much into this. Maybe, yeah, maybe we're consulting tea leaves at this point, right? Probably doesn't matter, really. Well, let's talk about, let's talk about something else, which is uh, one of the bigger questions that's been on our mutual mind. Mm-hmm. What's the deal, man? Is this ever is this ever going to come out in the U.S.? If so, when? If not, why? And if so, uh, how how much? Okay, I, I'd mentioned early on that uh, you know it's kind of an on again, off again thing. It's it's always back and forth. Um, is it working? Is it going to be here? Is it not going to be here right, in the United States? Right. Um, now the European market and the, uh, the Japanese domestic market, um, they they've already got it. They don't have to worry about any of this. But we have here, here in America, we have never had a Civic Type R. Offered from Honda here in the United States, it's just that's something we haven't happened had, and and not just Civic Type R. We've never had a Type R offered from Honda. Yeah, no NSX, yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing. And you would think like, well, why not? I mean, of course there would be a small segment of people that would love it. You know, why not just bring you know one vehicle to every Honda dealership and let them sell that, and that'd be kind of their thing, or you know, right. five to each one, and they would sell out. It, it, there's no doubt that they would sell every one of them. I don't have any question in in my mind. The problem, it becomes a, a bigger numbers game than that because the cost to bring it here to the United States would be immense. How, on, on which end? On Honda's development end. Ah. So here's the problem. Okay. All right. Now, and why we can kind of throw around numbers a little looser here than, than, cause we don't know exact price on this yet, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just say that, uh, that a Civic, a Honda Civic, they're saying right around $30,000. Is that right? Ah, uh, n- a Honda Civic or Civic Type R? Oh, a Honda Civic Type R. Now, I may be looking at uh, pounds uh, price, or is it euros at this point? It would be know. Euro. Oh, euros. well, if it's if it's British, then it'll still be pounds. Okay, so, so, okay so British pounds. Okay. Uh, I may be looking at a British pounds price, which I haven't converted yet, but 30000 is roughly the, the ballpark I've seen. So what does that convert to in the United States here in, in North America? I've, I've been hearing, without doing the conversion one to one, I've been hearing... Fifty grand, man. Okay, all right. So fifty grand, fifty to fifty-eight. So let's, people are guessing. So here's here's the problem. <laughs> all right. So even at that price, even at that price, uh huh. Um, and I don't even know if I should say even at this. We'll have to kind of uh, talk this over. Okay. Because this is the only way it'll make sense. Uh, so let's say they sell the uh, the current um, Honda Civic, let's say SI, maybe or even just standard Civic mm-hmm. at thirty thousand dollars. 
they offer the Type R at, uh, we said, as we said, $50,000 or $58,000, something like that. That's mm-hmm. a huge, huge jump up for that vehicle. Sure. Not a whole lot of people are going to buy a, a Honda Civic that costs nearly $60,000 or, you know, between fifty dollars and $60,000. Right, especially if the specs change due to varying regulations. Yeah, that's a, that's a very small group of people that would be willing to put up that kind of money for that. But they Hardcore would. Fans. There, there would be people that would do it. Yeah. Here's the, the bigger problem, the bigger overall problem. In order for a vehicle to um, uh, be, be allowed into North America or any country, for, for that matter, uh, the manufacturer has to build it to that country's emissions and safety standards. Yeah, here we go. And, yeah. Okay, so the, the, the emissions and safety standards for Europe and Asia don't match exactly North America's um, emissions and safety standards. Right. So they have to create a vehicle that would mit, either fit all three or they can build the one that they already do that fits the two and then change a version that will come here to the United States. But but here's the, the thing with that. The cost to develop that vehicle could be as high as $50 million Why? to the company because it just costs it for research and development and testing and all the prototypes uh-huh. and the and the crash, you know, the vehicles they have to crash in order for it to oh, uh, yeah. pass the standards. and the scales. Uh, yeah. it's, there's... So much, and we're talking about uh, body modifications. So you're going to have different, slightly different uh, bumpers uh, with different, um, you know, internal structures. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the emission stuff. If that's completely different, then you've got a lot of, uh, you know, just loosely say engine components that have sure. to be changed. Um, you know, the the emission system. Um, uh, just an incredible amount of things have to be different, only slightly, but different. For the North American market, but that change could cost $50 million. And they're not just saying that that's just a number they're picking out of air. That is what Lotus had to pay, I believe, for the Lotus Elise to be allowed to be oh. sold here in the, in the North American market. And they, they paid it, but for them to do that for a Civic is really, that's kind of, I mean. Yeah, just because a Civic, it seems making money in the Civic market depends on selling in terms of quantity. Yeah, and are they going to sell enough Civic Type R's at that price point to justify them spending up front $50 million just to bring it to North America to say that, you know, well, we finally brought a Type R to North America. And again, that 50 grand number is just a an estimate, a speculative one. Yeah, it's loose. It's loose at this point. We'll find out more as the, as the day arrives. But And this is why there's a lot of speculation that there will be a North American spec Type R that will come here, but... It will be slightly different from the the European spec version and the and the Asian spec version, the uh, the Japanese uh, the JDM right. version. So when will, when will that happen? It, it takes time. Sure. It's, it's not like they're, we're gonna, we're going to be able to get it in 2015 like the rest of the world, but we're going to get it in maybe 2016, 2017, or even as far as 2018 as a lot of people have uh, have. Uh, put out there on the internet. There's, there's rumors that it may be as late as 2018. But, but the smart money is saying sometime it'll show up. Yeah, the smart money is saying 2017 maybe. Okay. Yeah, so it's a couple of years out still. That's how that's how difficult this is. And this is for a major manufacturer like Honda just to simply change a few things to make it fit North American specs. Right. You wouldn't think it would take that long on a vehicle that's already in development, but maybe that's the problem is well, that maybe that's the shift. Is like it's already there. Now we've got to change it. Well, especially because without reading the legislation and without getting too dry on it, I had kind of assumed for a long time that European uh, regulations or emission regulations, stuff like that, would be more stringent than those in the U.S. Yeah. 
Uh, but I, I don't know if that's the case. It could be just be a, uh, a variation of, uh, we, we just don't do it that way here. Right. And, you know, and that's as simple as that. And there may be some, uh, some of that bullheadedness in that, you know, uh, sure, it's, it's maybe it meets their, their standards, but maybe we just do things a little differently here and it has to be that way. Right. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, without really being behind the scenes and knowing exactly what's going on and the frustrations and the, uh, mm-hmm. the dead ends and the, uh, just, I'm sure there are people at Honda that are just banging their head against the wall trying to figure out how to get this thing here quicker. And I'm sure there are a lot of regulatory agencies who, um, with now bureaucracy gets a bad name and I'm going to be candid. This is just my opinion, but I think bureaucracies get a bad name because of stuff like this, man. Mm-hmm. Like if it's, if, if it is possible to adequately compare the performance, which I know it, come on, I, you know it is. Yeah. Then what other reason is there? I know the, the policies or the laws exist, uh, for a reason, but shouldn't also the interpretation of those laws allow people to say, hey, if it's, if it's clean enough for what, uh, for an EU country, right, which, usually does have higher levels for uh, emissions and stuff like that. If, it, if it's clean enough for there, then surely it's clean enough for, like, Newark, New Jersey. Well, you would think so. You would I think that would be the way so. it is, but you're right. It's, it just becomes this tangle of red tape and bureaucracy. That, red that tape, is, yeah. yeah. It's, it's very difficult to get something like this to go through, and that's why they haven't done it. So, um, again, even though this thing is coming out right now <laughs> yeah. over in Asia and Europe, we are we are still going to have to wait a couple of years in order for things to kind of uh, sort themselves out here yeah. in the United States. A couple of years at least, I think, maybe even three. Um, I'm excited to see them. I really am. Sure, yeah. But I wonder who is going to be, you know, the first to go in there with their their down payment or their uh, their check for the full thing mm-hmm. and say, "Here's sixty thousand dollars, one type R, please." Wow. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a big purchase, and a lot of people, you know, it's it's easy to look at this thing and say. I want that. I really do want that. But then really think about that. That's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, you, we know what it is. We described it, but right. are you willing to plunk down nearly, you know, between 50 and $60,000 for that vehicle? You could sign a petition as a lot of people have, you know, in <laughs> years past, they said, you right. know, here's a petition to, you know, to bring this uh, to the, to North America. Um, but then how many people from that petition will translate over to actual sales? You know, mm-hmm. so Honda is smart enough to know that, you know, we may get a, a petition that has a million signatures. How many of those are really potentially buyers, you know, that right. are going to, that's going to pay off for our $50 million over, you know, over the top investment, I guess, mm-hmm. or I guess, uh, in addition to our overhead, yeah, uh, to the R and D of this vehicle already, which is expensive to begin with. Um, so yeah. that's, that's the problem. That's the whole crux of the thing right there is that, that initial, um, well, I mean, not initial, but I guess that, uh, that emissions and safety standards stuff that has to happen. So we've also seen a lot of speculation online with people saying stuff along the lines of, I'll tell you what's going to happen. The Civic Type R is going to come out in 2017 to the U.S. and North American market. It's going to weigh 150 pounds more. It's going to have 20 to 50 less horsepower, and it's going to be way too expensive. And uh, and why wouldn't you just get the... Uh the Subaru WRX that's already here, that's all-wheel drive, that right. has uh, it has more horsepower. I think it has uh, better feet. It's just it's a different animal, mm-hmm. and it's in that same group. It's in that it will be you know that same kind of like hot hatch territory. Yeah, they'll, they'll compete. Yeah, but you know one's going to cost significantly more than the other one, and and I mean 
is it was it worth it for somebody to to pay that extra just to be able to say I have the first, or is it going to be something that you know they're brand loyal? You know, like I've I've always driven Absolutely. SI vehicles here in the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, why not pick up a Type R if I can? And plus, it's the first you know it's the first one you can get. How exciting is that? Right. I think there are people who are who are going to be drawn into. As a matter of fact, I bet there are people who are listening to the show right now who already have some mod ideas. Uh, just waiting, <laughs> probably to I mean? to further the performance of the uh, of the Type R. Yeah, yeah I imagine probably. so. Of course, there are. There's going to yeah. be someone who takes one and just makes it, you know, crazy. You know, to be honest, there are people that take uh, Honda's SI cars mm-hmm. and mod them well above what we'll see with the Type R. Exactly, uh, they yeah. already do that. It's just a matter of having that factory offered version here, mm-hmm. and we've never had that before, and that becomes kind of like this forbidden fruit that we haven't been able to <laughs> sample yet. But now. Now, Ben, it's here. <laughs> now, more yeah. than ever. Yeah, I'm getting excited now. Okay, so this is, uh, this is, this is really cool. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to think that, you know, this is the first time ever, you know, from back in, uh, when did they offer the, the NSX type R? It was 1992, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, a, that's a long time. And journalists here in North America have been saying, why can't we have it in North America? Well, this is, this shows you why. Um, but now hopefully we're going to get this one. Hopefully, if they don't do this on, on again, off again thing mm-hmm. much longer. And it sticks with, yes, we're going to do it. Uh, that's good news for all of us here, I think. Yeah, so what do you think, guys? Uh, we have clearly been becoming increasingly irritated online window shoppers. You know, we can't buy one of these by virtue of living in North America. But we want to hear what you think about the Type R. Is the hype train deserved? You know, because I think that hype can kill a lot of things in the long run. Would you buy one if it came to the U.S. at the the price points we're hearing? Uh, all right. So, folks, let us know. We hope you enjoyed listening to this. You can also find everything that we have ever done on our website, carstuffshow.com. Uh, you can also check out uh, some news that doesn't make it on the air uh, with uh, Scott and I on Facebook and on Twitter, where we're carstuffhsw. And uh, we've been getting all right at answering uh, answers to those Facebook stuff. Did I just yeah. jinx us? No, that's all right. I've been, I've been trying to get on there a little more than I have in the uh-huh. past. I'm not a... I'm not a terribly social guy, I guess, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> social media is not my thing. Yeah, but, you're the uh, guy. You're the guy who uh, one time said to uh, our coworker Allison, we were talking about, um, well, we were talking about smartphones or something. Yeah, and then you said, "I've never downloaded an app." <laughs> That's my my big secret set. I still haven't. I have. I have never. I have never downloaded a single app. I'm, I'm a bit proud of it, but also. Eh, I don't know. It seems a little silly when you. It's just you remember curb your enthusiasm. Curb your enthusiasm with Larry David. <laughs> yes. You started to sound a little bit like Larry David at that part. Yeah. We're like, what do I need an app for? Hey, Noel, Noel accuses me of being like Larry David all the time. He does. He really does. He he truly does say that. So uh, I'll have to work on some things. I guess just work on a TV series, man. This could be big for us. You know, Curb Your Enthusiasm isn't out anymore. So, Uh, All right, so uh, while Scott and I go work on our television pitch, we'd like some help from you. Do you have reactions to the uh, Civic Type R? Are you lucky enough to live in a place where you're going to be able to pick one up? Uh, I kind of want to hear about it, but I kind of resent you. And I also think that, you know, it may become kind of passe there, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you can do it, it's like, well, we've been, we've had that for 15 years already. Right. It's not really a big thing. You know what? Yeah, totally. But even more importantly, if you have a suggestion for a topic we should cover in the future, we'd love to hear about it. You can send us an email directly. We are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. 
Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at Viking.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. 